God of Holly Murray, Louis Crew, Helen Marie Barrett, and Malcolm Boyd, who paved the way for our being in this place tonight. Help us to give up complacency, truly love one another, and hunger and thirst after righteousness. May your bread of heaven and cup of salvation feed our souls with peace, justice, and unspeakable joy. In the name of God, creator, sustainer, redeemer, and friend. Amen. Tonight we come on this 30th annual National Coming Out Day as well as the 30th anniversary of the Integrity Pride Mass for this Diocese of Atlanta. And on the dawn of the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising in New York City in 1969, to pay homage and give thanks for the activists, the saints, many of the folks just like those of us who are gathered here at All Saints, who stood up in that space because their family said no to them. Their church said no to them. The society said no to them, but God in the midst of their oppression said, yes, you are mine. And though the world may not understand you, I knit you together in your mother's womb. And though I was a little black gay boy growing up in Florida, hearing no and taught to be ashamed of who I was and to hate myself. Tonight I can stand here before you as a proud gay Christian man and Episcopal priest. And for that I am grateful. We can all give witness tonight because of a God who is faithful to show up in our lives even when our very own turn their backs toward us. And for that great cloud of witnesses and the elders still among us, God reminds us through the ancient Hebrew writings that we, all of us, are wonderfully made. As you know, I am Horace Griffin, and I bring you greetings from the Episcopal Church just down the street, St. Luke's Episcopal Church, where I have the pleasure of serving as the associate priest for pastoral care and outreach. I returned to Atlanta last year for this position after having been away for 30 years. I went to the all-male 
prestigious Morehouse College here in Atlanta. Well, you can say amen. (laughs) Unfortunately, having the toxins given to me from my Baptist upbringing that homosexuality was wrong, I boldly claimed heterosexuality and unfortunately had not realized my full potential. So it is good to be here at All Saints as your preacher for this evening. I give thanks to all of you for coming out this evening and for every day that you come out and live your lives. I'm also grateful to Bruce Garner and the Integrity Committee for inviting me and providing me with this privilege and honor to share a word with you tonight. Grateful to this fine, very fine choir, the Trey Clegg Singers. I always have to be careful. I always want to say Clay Trey. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for stirring us in your amazing, with your amazing voices. Thanks to all saints clergy and fellow clergy uh, throughout the diocese to uh, Tim in his absence, and to Zach and my dear friend uh, Kim, and the laity of this fine parish, and for all of the folks who gather here this evening. Like St. Luke's, you have been a welcoming space for LGBT folks for quite some time. And in his absence, I want to give thanks to the rector Simon Mannering. I believe that he brings much to this congregation, and I'm sure that his sense of style and colorful pants have received high marks from the gay men of all saints. We come to this 30th Pride Mass during a time that we're witnessing significant progress for LGBT folks, queer folks, and other alphabets that I won't take time to include, just add yours, within the church and larger society. Some may even wonder why we still gather for such a service when much has changed within the last 30 years. And it seems to many people after the Supreme Court ruling in 2015 that we have overcome. But I'm here to tell you that there are forces that are still out there working against our very existence. So some of you may say, preacher, You may cite the 2015 Supreme Court ruling legalizing marriage throughout the country for same-gender couples. Um, You may say attitudes have shifted toward acceptance of gays by many heterosexual family members and friends. And you might say that there have been progressive actions within companies, film, and media to include LGBT individuals and families 
as one more layer in our social fabric. And while we in this church tonight can celebrate this cultural movement that recognizes God's diverse creation, there are still many working to introduce and pass legislation against justice through religious freedom bills that would redefine marriage as only between a man and a woman. There are still individuals who you know of in Kentucky and elsewhere, county clerks who refuse to sign marriage licenses, and bakers who refuse to bake cakes for our weddings, who turn to their understanding of their Christian faith taught to them by their Christian church leaders that homosexuality is sinful and thus a marriage between two women and two men is in opposition to God's will. Even Sesame Street, yes, Sesame Street, recently went through great pains to make clear that Bert and Ernie are not gay. So they say. (laughs) So ultimately, all of those out there turn to God as their reason for their opposition. So we come here tonight at All Saints church because our religious and social justice work is certainly not finished. In this quieter climate, still many people around us who believe that there is something fundamentally wrong in the very being, the very nature, the constitution of those of us who came to this world blessed with a different sexual attraction than the world's majority but know that in our very souls that we too have been wonderfully made and that our difference is also divine and made in the image of God. In the midst of this change that we celebrate, we who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, queer, bear the scars of that denigration and continue to receive messages directly and indirectly within the church and beyond that our love is not worthy of the same celebration granted to our heterosexual family members and friends. And even in the Episcopal church that many of us love so dearly, that has been at the vanguard opposing the sin of homophobia, There are bishops in this church and parishes in our diocese that would not grant Kim, Zach, me, or most of you a wedding, a service of holy matrimony. So tonight we we ask the question, where is the justice for all God's people in the church? Let's turn to Jesus who stood against the restrictions and injustices of his faith in his day. 
In Luke's gospel, that fourth chapter that you heard read, my favorite passage of scripture for the justice that Jesus models for us. Jesus stands in the synagogue and begins to read from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who oppress, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In this passage, there is a demonstration of this great compassion and love. Jesus requires that we must provide something good for the poor around us. When we truly live into the social justice of Jesus, it is more than marriage. For those of us with the privilege of marriage that does not require that we struggle with how we're going to eat every day or get medical attention when we need it, or have a livable wage on our jobs and live in a safe neighborhood, that's the justice, that's the good news that Jesus is pushing us to provide for those who do not have among us. It is the justice that Jesus calls us to do, for to do justice is to do the will of God. The good news that we must give the poor with us is more than a prayer, and God bless you. We must be the prayer and blessing that calls on our church and world to provide food, health care for all, and jobs that will allow a quality of life for all God's children. When Jesus stood that day in the synagogue, he said that this is what he has come to do. So for those of us who claim Jesus, this is the work that we must be about. Those of us who dare claim to follow him must commit ourselves not only to the spiritual aspects of this passage, but the material. It is convenient to read all of that in terms of changing the hearts from being out in the world to living a spiritual life but it is the very physical thing that we must also apply. For if we work to free ourselves from hard-heartedness and a mind that is devoid of justice, we can no longer see oppressive, unjust structures, systems that discriminate because of difference and claim to be on the side of this man who stood and said that I have come to set the captives free and deliver the oppressed. They are all interconnected. But so often we find ourselves in sacred spaces, houses of worship, that work to undo the very justice that Jesus proclaims to make peace with oppression. It was such a church that moved one Pentecostal preacher 50 years ago this week to become the founder of a church where lesbians and gays would no longer find themselves denigrated 
and ignored by the very place that should celebrate the beauty of their creation, the church. The Reverend Troy Perry, the founder of the Universal Fellowship of Metropolitan Community Churches, began his church in Los Angeles in October of 1968 so that all might freely worship and that gays and lesbians would know that God's love and acceptance extended to them just as they were. In his autobiography, The Lord is My Shepherd and He Knows I'm Gay. (laughs) Perry writes, I always say that as a Christian, I cannot find any passage in the Gospels in which Jesus condemns homosexuality. For many Christians in the Episcopal Church, leading the way, the way, there has often been an omission to connect our openness and good work for LGBT folks who have been despised, marginalized, and suffered immense discrimination with our Christian faith. We must take this openness and make the claim that it is love and justice of Jesus and a vow to treat others as we want to be treated, which is foundational to the Christian faith. It was this openness and welcome in the Episcopal Church that brought me back to the Christian church when I left the church because I refused to go to an institution that said that I was something was wrong and I was not good enough. And I refused to be there. I saw it as a battered wife. So I left the church for about 10 years. And after being ostracized from my Baptist church early in my ministry, because I'm gay and, and out of the church for almost a decade, I came back to the church because the Episcopal Church embraced me and celebrated me, my very being, as a good creation of God. This is the love that Jose, a young restaurant employee, experienced a few years ago. And I love to tell this story. During their prayerful study, and work on same-sex blessings that lasted for years. The Commission on Liturgy and Music of the Episcopal Church held one of its meetings at a restaurant in Arizona. As committee members were completing their work for that evening at the restaurant, the busser, came over to their table and began inquiring about what they were doing. After these Episcopalians recovered from this rather unorthodox exchange, they explained that they had been given a charge by the Episcopal Church to engage Christian theology and liturgy that would provide a resource or companion for blessing for those in same-sex relationships. Unfamiliar with the Episcopal Church, Jose wanted to know more. 
can I find this church here in Arizona? He wanted to know more about what kind of church was this church that was meeting to discuss something so unheard of for him. Afterwards, the server came from the back and had a similar conversation with the group about their work. Finally, the restaurant manager came over to the table and explained what had just happened. She said that she asked Jose to come and talk to them because Jose, a young gay man, had been in the kitchen crying. He cried because he was so touched that a church would think enough of him to find a way so that he could have a marriage, a wedding in the church of God. This is the gospel. This is God's house of worship that opens a place for all who've been wonderfully made by the hands of God. So wherever you are in your journey, whatever you have experienced, whoever has denied you this good news this evening, Know that God is waiting for you and can move in your life as he used Philip, as God used Philip to move in the life of that Ethiopian eunuch. Washed and made anew. And though you may have been despised and rejected because of who you are, the God of Hagar is still speaking and able to send you to that wellspring that gives you life. If you are looking for water in your life this evening, it is water that God is waiting to wash over you and to make you new and send you into the world rejoicing like the eunuch. Everything that God has created is good, and I read that in the book of Genesis, that you have been created as good. God is still speaking today that you are loved, that you are wonderfully made. So we can give thanks to our God this evening. We can say, thanks be to God, thanks be to God, thanks be to God, alleluia, alleluia. Amen.